That spore drive technology is the closest we have come to ending our dilithium dependence. If word gets out that the only functional prototype has been stolen, it will threaten everything, including trust that we have the ability to pull off this monumental first contact mission that you just helped to sell a few hours ago. That doesn't even take into account the risk we now run of provoking a highly advanced species who are capable of destroying us all if Booker and Tarka succeed. I'm your host, Adam Bowen, and with me, playing space poker, is... Notch Karnik. And that's a space straight flush to you, Adam, so you gotta give me all your space wagers, and then we'll space fold and go to our space casino, okay? It's not... it's not Vegas. It's not Vegas. Alright, welcome to Strange New Takes, everybody, where we're reviewing episodes of the strange new era of Star Trek where they play space gambling. It's much more wholesome than real gambling. Uh, today we're covering the eighth episode of the fourth season of Star Trek Discovery, Space All In. No, it's just all in. It's just all in. Make sure to follow us on space social media. That's <laughs> at Strange New Takes on Space Facebookgram. Space. Ins- oh my God! This I'm, I can't even do it. <laughs> okay, I'm ending this bit. Uh, at Strange New Takes on <laughs> Facebook, which is the name of the social media network, Instagram. Twitter, and also tell your space friends about the podcast. Uh, five, give us a five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts, and uh, that's just how people are going to be able to find us a little bit better and get really awkward intros like this one. You know, bro, I think Emily is listening to this right now and is already like, we made a huge mistake. She made a huge mistake not showing up today. Again, leaving the two of us to our own devices. Oh, no. <laughs> right. Well, as always, dear listener... We spoil things on this podcast. Um, so make sure you've watched the episode before you listen to us. Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. Or don't, like with Discovery, you know, sometimes it's like, uh, is it? do you really lose out if you're not watching it? I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, but I, we will spoil it. Just know I, I would I would recommend that you at least watch The Last Jedi if you don't watch this episode. And then uh, you'll be able to have a pretty decent conversation with us today. So there you go. There you go. Uh, so, uh, I think that brings us to, uh, the episode summary is usually what we, we talk about now. Uh, the episode we're talking about is All In. Uh, it is the eighth episode, eighth episode of the fourth season of Discovery. Uh, it first aired on the 10th of February, 2022. Uh, and it is written by Sean Cochran, uh, whose, uh, descendant, uh, will invent, uh, Warp Drive, I believe. Uh, and directed by Christopher J. Byrne and Jen McGowan. Uh, the in-universe date is not really known, but it's, uh, I guess, uh, 3190. Uh, and the after show is The Ready Room All In, uh, which I did not watch. So hopefully it was great. Uh, the space after show. There we go. Uh, so the, the, the space episode summary that we have here is following a hunch, Captain Burnham tracks book to an old haunt from their courier days and gets drawn into a high stakes competition for a powerful space weapon. Uh, 
let's I think this is the point where we usually do our strange new takes. Notch, do you have something for me? Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Um I guess it is I'm trying to I'm trying to think of how I want to phrase this. There are times in life when you're going to have a lot of feelings and you are going to wonder whether someone else feels the same way, whether it's a boss, uh, you're talking to them about a raise and think you're good, whether it's a potential partner and whether they think you're attractive or like you, or whether it's um, your neighbor about whether you want to build a fence. I've always found that it makes a lot of sense in those situations to confront your fear, share your feelings, and see how they're received. Now, obviously, keep some perspective going to your boss and like, you know, just like falling apart for 30 minutes about how you were like overworked or whatever and deserve XYZ amount. It can probably be better achieved by five minutes of like lobbying in a, in a more confident way. So like, I'm not saying go out there and just like, you know, cry or whatever. But I'm just saying like, sometimes when you're afraid, it's best to just say it out loud. And usually my, with, with how humans are, we've, we're, either on the same page or we can come to some sort of agreement. So so that's my very contemplative, philosophical, strange new take for today. Uh, I'm, I'm just feeling that. Um, in the same way, I'm going to be very honest about how I feel about Discovery. And Adam, I think you're going to agree with me that this episode was maybe not my favorite, <laughs> of, let alone the season, but the entire show. So I'm just putting my feelings out there and I'm going to see where you're going to come in at. Okay, is that cool? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, this one might be, we might be matching each other's energy a little bit on how <laughs> we took this one. Yeah. Uh, so for my strange new take, uh, I just listened to, uh, just finished listening to uh, Leviathan Wakes, which is the first book of the Expanse series. Uh, and I believe it was kind of, uh, I, I'm forgetting exactly, but they, they it maps pretty well to what's in the Expanse uh, TV series. And I really enjoyed it. Um the uh it, it it for the most part to my recollection it was uh it was almost the same kind of experience maybe a handful of scenes were rearranged and i think there might have been a more more of an earth emphasis in the first season of the show but i can't really recall but regardless i love the show books seem like they're great so uh go watch and then give a listen uh and for the episode uh my wife has no interest in action scenes in so shows and movies, uh, which I never really understood, but I think I do now know, uh, which is basically uh, I have no interest at all in fake gambling casino scenes, uh, at the very least for low effort ones. So I, I, I think that's probably how she feels uh, about action scenes. So we understand each other better. Okay. I, uh, did, by the way, did you get like uh, Casino Royale vibes from this whole gambling thing? I blocked that movie out of my mind. Uh, but, uh, I, I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't remember it, it well enough. So I, I know that uh, it, this is, I, I have stunned Notch into silence here. I might have to continue the rest of the podcast myself. What? Uh, okay. I, I just, okay. 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 Is that okay. the one where he got hit in the balls a whole bunch of times? Uh, Yeah. It was the gritty reboot. Um, yeah, there we go. I bet that hurt. I, yeah, it did. It well, just like your words did just now, Adam. <laughs> just like your words did. <laughs> they were a nice big rope in my balls. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
Where is this show without Emily? <laughs> right, right. Uh, all right, keep, keep, keep uh, you know, keep going, my friend. Don't let me stop you. We, we'll all end up worse for it if you do. Okay, so uh, I I think maybe it's a good time to just uh, let's take a pivot here and uh, just go straight into the the episode. Um, so yeah, uh, we. We 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 ended things with a sort of that that pretty dramatic reveal of uh, like uh, both book and uh, Ron Tarka are going to steal the spore drive uh, for the ship that I don't know that we had the name completely confirmed for it, but uh, they've escaped and we we sort of set things up here and um, I guess how do you feel about the the is this the kind of episode you were expecting as the follow-up to something like that? Where to even start to tell you what I was expecting and not expecting, man? Because, like, <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. I've tried to keep it... I mean, we've talked about how I've tried to keep just an open mind with Discovery and how I was enjoying the, maybe the, the potential of this season and like rebuilding the Federation or whatever. And they have all of these big things to deal with, right? Like the big picture. Mm-hmm. And instead of taking us from planet to planet, talking these big issues or dealing with a large scale, like, and I'll give you an example of a large scale. Well, 359 is a large scale. Mm-hmm. You know, the... Um, in Voyager, the episode where Species 8472 takes over or has a recreation of Starfleet Academy. Think about yeah. how many actors that episode had, but think about how big it seemed, right? Mm-hmm. Like it seemed expansive. This episode, to me, felt small. It was restricted. It was just in this little, little like, anteroom, and there were, like, four people. It just didn't seem meaningful in any sense of the word to the storyline or whatever. It just... At the end of the day, what do we have? A fucking tracker on Isolinium? Like, all right, buddy. Cool. What? So I didn't expect that. I yeah. think that's where my expectations were let down. And I mean, cards on the table. This episode, I thought, was pretty poor. And um, I'm just going to... I apologize to, to listeners who disagree with me. And I would encourage them to make their opinions known. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's... What what feels so so interesting is like we we have set up that spore drives are essentially they can take you literally anywhere in the galaxy and uh, therefore you're going to be untrackable especially in sort of the thirty second century where we can't we can't really have reliable contact uh, for uh, places that are very far away just because the the networks of, of our communication systems are down in so many places. I'm sure they have improved that over time, but I was kind of expecting this to be a uh, a bit of a mystery as to how do we find Ron Tarka and Book and like ha- like what kind of strategies are we going to employ to do that? And it might like take a few episodes or something, mm-hmm. but instead we just like meet Book immediately and... Uh, don't attempt to stop them in like a way that seems like they definitely could have. I, it, mm-hmm. it it felt a little bit. Uh, it's it's a weird weird place to sort of insert um, what feels like a kind of the like maybe the 
comic relief type episode. Like, like this is uh, this is like we're gonna go play baseball with the whole uh, with the whole cast of of the the series or something like that. Or I, I I don't know. It's just like a weird a weird place to to stick this in. See, but that's the thing. It wasn't it wasn't comic relief all the way through. And even if it was, who has comic relief with like? mad genocidal weapons you know what i'm saying like yeah yeah just to me that was the core issue that i had here was that tonally it was kind of frenetic it was there were times when you had this like serious gritty fight scene and like Mm -hmm. book and tarka are like the stakes seem really high and then the next minute you have burnham playing you know over i mean you have a very very funny um kind of spoofy Burnham, you know? Like, Sonequa Martin-Green does a great job in that scene. So I don't want to, like, criticize her performance. It's just it doesn't fit with the rest of the episode. In the beginning, you have Vance talking about how he's so afraid of his family getting uh, separated again. Now, that's profound stuff, Yeah, you know? And we move from that instead to, you know, I I don't know, this jokey poker scene where it's like space poker and inexplicably these two other people are now... there who are completely quiet and thump the table when they lose and has was like hey good job like it just there's no consistency of tone and i every few seconds i found myself having to adjust and be like what wait are they being serious jokey like what is this episode trying to convey emotionally you know yeah and i and i guess there's that 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 does feel interesting because it's sort of like the we inserted a lot of uh stakes uh Sorry, it's not an intended pun there. Uh, we we intend lots of puns uh, in in this podcast, but uh, we we tried to like introduce that element in that poker scene, but the way we we did it was just kind of like, oh, by the way, both of these people want to be leading the Emerald Chain, even though they're I think couriers or something, and it 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 just sort of like, a, oh, I I guess that would be bad if they if they did that, but it, it just sort of like, um, yeah. I, I don't know if we needed to introduce like random characters we'd never heard of before in order to have like sort of like antagonists in that part, but also it didn't matter because we just got rid of them through, uh, what seems like really amateurish, uh, acting at the, at the poker table. I don't know. I mean, and these were clearly actors who maybe either didn't have their guild cards or they hadn't paid them for lines or whatever. Like, you know, it's, there are it's like when uh, King, uh, uh, the the Jordanian prince showed up on Voyager and he like awkwardly walks by without saying a word because he's not a member of the guild. And it's yeah. that, that's kind of what it seemed like here, where it's just like these people are supposed to be like horrible, like Emerald Chain remnants. And we learn nothing about them. They're there for a minute, like you're saying, and they're just gone. Yeah. So... And, and even with the fight scene, again, it's like you have these two guys who are randomly now like we're supposed to like feel like they're like, you know, it's like Sunkatsi, like a brief Sunkatsi like interlude uh, in the episode, which, you know, thankfully, though, I did. I will say getting to have or oh, have lines. We find out about her. She gets to do stuff. That was cool. I like that. Yeah, I, actually, I, I, I will say that. um uh, we, we it's it's disparagingly referred to in our notes as the wrestling, uh, but I, I I think maybe this is the part that I enjoyed the most because it yeah I I was like oh cool we get to have like Owo do things uh, and so like maybe we'll learn a little bit more about uh, about her background or mm-hmm. or something like that I don't know if if like 
a prowess for fighting has ever really been a, a thing before. I, I know that we've we've delved into she can hold her breath for a super super long time, uh, and did I did some uh, that's from like cave diving I think uh, that she she did as uh, part of growing up, but the so I I, I was into that. Mm-hmm. But the sort of the resolution of that that fight felt a little bit strange to me because it the the obvious accusation, which it like because it was true, was just, hey, you just you threw the first two fights and then beat me on the third fight because you could have always beaten me. Shouldn't there be rules against that? And the, it seemed like the argument was, uh, no, because I'm going to beat you up again so that you don't complain about it. And... I don't know if that's... Ha- I mean, I, I've never run, like, illegal gambling fight rings <laughs> before, but the, is it, is that how it works? <laughs> yeah, it was just very, like, you know... I mean, I guess they were they were doing the whole, like, poker... Uh, uh, what's that? Pool hustling, you know? Like, yeah. it was like, the guy goes in and loses twice, and then he's like, all right, let me, let me, let me try to win my money back, and then, you know, just cleans house. Um, which, I mean, that's creative. I like it. But, yeah, it's... It stra- definitely strains credulity, and yeah. They're tr- th- yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna now stop like bringing up random pieces of this episode and let you carry us forward in the way that you were planning <laughs> to, so that I don't just complain and like drag us around aimlessly. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that maybe it does make sense for us to 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 go not just all the things that we don't like about the episode. So I. Uh, we we developed Book and Tarka's kind of relationship and how they're approaching what they just did a little bit more this episode. Uh, how, how did how did you feel about the um, sort of how they explain things to each other and like their relationship as things went on in this episode? Um, I think there were explanations of. I think again, it it falls flat because of the sincerity, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll just give you one example. The the whole has hates me thing from book, like I we didn't leave on the best of terms. Yes, and that lasts all of five minutes, and then we're off to like you know, he's has is like the lovable rapscallion who's like you know what I mean? Like it, it just yeah. The, it, it I don't think these relationships stayed consistent throughout. I was trying to uh, struggling to understand like what. How do these people feel about one another? I don't know. I couldn't tell. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I, I guess that there was kind of the yeah, like it, we we got the sense that has doesn't like book has does like Burnham, but then like has like some sort of a bizarre arbitrary honor system where it's like oh well no there's another buyer so therefore i can't i can't just like give it to you for like this insane amount of money which i, yeah. I always got the sense like it's he, he would have said that to like literally any amount of money is like no you need to have three times as much as this because i think she showed up with like i, well, I, don't, I don't know there's there's so much about this episode that is uh, right. I, i'm well, struggling a little bit here because it, it's uh mm-hmm. we, we 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 set up from the get-go it seemed like the what was going to be very difficult for anyone else to beat Ron Tarka with was that he has access to resources that 
I don't I don't know if he's necessarily been like funneling money in the in the Federation or is just like he's a super genius. So therefore, he has in, immense resources that he has access to. Um, so we we started off the episode where he sort of says to Book like, "Don't worry about the resources. I basically have unlimited funds." And his unlimited funds is that he has two uh, bars of gold press latinum. <laughs> uh, and it'll be several days before he can get any more bars of gold press latinum. Also, I mean, it's, it's, it's post-burn, so, so maybe yeah. gold press latinum is, like, way, way more uh, rare than it used to be. But uh, it that that seems like a, a, a really bizarre and inconsistent, like, setup for, like, what his advantage is. And and let me let me let me fundamentally So when we're talking about Tarka and especially relationships, him and Owo just standing there having a nice chat while the poker game gets played. Again, these things just continue to strain my credulity of like how this situation would have unfolded. Like, think about it. You are sent to apprehend someone who is creating the materials for a nuke, right? Like a nuclear yes. bomb. Are you gonna be like, hmm, this respectable poker game is something that I will, or would you just take a phaser and shoot them immediately and prevent them from cre creating a universe ending like device? Like, you know I, what I mean? I, I, which, which I, I think probably does go into like the, the Federation president. It's, it's probably why she said like, Burnham, you can't be involved in this. Cause like the, the correct way, like anyone else uh, faced with that kind of situation probably would be like, Oh, you're going to somehow get away with this thing, which might end all life in the galaxy. I, yeah, I'm going to at least punch you in the face and try to arrest you or something. Right. Which, like, but I, I guess maybe they, they can't have, uh, they did mention at least they can't have weapons in this casino. So presumably that, that there, there's some sort of security situ situation going on. So maybe there's, I, I, I guess what, what I would have appreciated in this episode is if we had a bit, we showed our characters kind of struggling against the limitations that they were in. And instead right. everyone was, was very comfortable with like, Oh, well there's uh we're in a casino episode. So I can't uh, murder the other person because it's also supposed to be kind of funny and like make us feel like it's a heist or something. So like, yeah, I mean, also, also you're exactly right. Why is it discovery being told that bookship is there? Um, send some people, let's break into Book's ship and take the device back. Like, clearly, they've probably scanned it enough while it's been sitting in their bay. So find yeah. the ship and do something. Like, why are Burnham and Owl like, crap, we're here alone and that's it. Like, there's no other option. Like, you know, it, it's... Yeah, I... And, and, and I guess, it, it, like, there are, there are some, like... Like they talk about it being outside of Federation space. It's not under Federation jurisdiction. But I don't know that we've we've established that this is like the a planet that's really associated with anyone. So I, I guess I, I could have even understood this more if, uh, say, this takes place in a planet that's controlled by the Goran hegemony and they are not part of the Federation right now. And so it would be an active war if the Federation did anything in this that was like kind of aggression or something like that. And that would have been an understandable, like why the Federation can't involve itself here directly. And but, and we could have maybe have the discussion of what's, you know, what is a more important thing? Is it more important to prevent the a war with the Gorn or is it more important to prevent an isolinear device that can like blow up subspace or whatever? Like that is an interesting question, right? Like yes. that is a dilemma that we struggle with. 
And instead, our dilemma is, how do we get enough money to buy this isolinium? Yeah, and... That's just not compelling. Yeah, and especially undercut at the very end with, uh, like, okay, you, you helped me so that I... Uh, like, it, you, you helped me in my situation, so now I'm going to help you take down the changeling, which is the only reason... I, I guess this was before the poker scene, but it, it's like... Yeah, that didn't make any sense to me. Why? Burnham like, she should not have helped him with the changeling. Yeah, like, it didn't make any <laughs> I, sense. I appreciated the, the shout-out to, uh, to to Deep Space Nine. It was it was nice to see a founder. Uh, but... <laughs> uh, and they have better hair choices nowadays, uh, so there's sort of that culture has proliferated a bit uh, since the end of Deep Space Nine. But yeah. 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 The whole like, you know, we have to stop this cheating. Like, why did they do it immediately? Why is, why, why are there these breaks in the action? I just, again, this goes down, comes back to pacing where it just doesn't, I think this episode just didn't make any sense of why it unfolded the way it did. Like, why did Book come in and, and stop the guy with the knife? Like, it just... These people didn't behave like they they were criminals or that they had betrayed one another, you know? Yeah. It it's, just it, it it was it was not how normal people would behave. Yeah, and and I guess we're we're kind of it, it even the stuff that uh, you talked about like uh Cinequa Martin Green has like a great uh has has some of that like comedic presence that works really well in in some of these scenes and it's the it's sort of like we, we knew to expect some of that because they're like, oh, it's a it's an episode where she's going to be drawing on her courier past. And like in, for example, the first episode of this season, we have uh, sort of like, oh, she's wearing the leather jacket and is uh, with Book, who's also wearing mm-hmm. like futuristic 32nd century leather things like they have this banter that ever that always happens whenever they're like in courier mode or something like that. But it's it just there's there wasn't. um there wasn't like an an obvious like setup, other than that that sort of justified everything that was going on here. And I think maybe this is a good place for us to take a break and then join us back in a little bit. Is this about book? He was in a volatile emotional state, and I didn't do enough. This is what Kovic was warning me about: pushing myself, wearing myself out, failing people. What he did is not on you. But it is. I'm responsible for the psychological and emotional health of everyone on board this ship, book included. You know, that's a completely unreasonable expectation to bear. You can't solve your patient's problems. All you can do is help them find their own answers. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I just kind of wanted to leave the casino uh, just just as I was. Uh, yeah, it just it. I wasn't a fan of that part of the episode, so I think we're going to move on a little bit. Uh, and I think uh, what what was interesting in in this episode for me was more the the connective tissue with the rest of the season. Is we, I mean, so so we we handle a, a little bit of that where we start off the episode and we have uh, Book and Tarka. Uh, they essentially need to be able to design the device because they they all they have is Book's ship and a spore drive. And then they need the isolinium in order to power the device. So this episode solves the problem of, like, how do we get the isolinium? That's solved. Um, 
And presumably we now have a 24-hour clock that's going to happen for the rest of the season. Um, which, I mean, it it does pull our, st- our stakes forward and, like, gets things... Uh, like, there is a reason to be tense about the next episode because now they have everything they need. And I suppose the Federation also knows where they are, uh, which, which is a little bit uh, interesting. But we, mm-hmm. we had a, a bit of a reveal for what the DMA is. And ha- how did you feel about the, uh, this, this is an, exp- did you buy this explanation for, uh, for, or, di- or is this a satisfying explanation for like what the DM- DMA is for you, Notch? It's creative, right? Like it's, it's like, um, the, this universe ending thing for us is just like a normal life giving device for this hyper advanced civilization. Um, so I, there's, there's a way in which, you know, this goes back, I think, to there's a way in which this goes back to some there were some medieval ideas of uh, questions of like, well, if gods exist, we are insignificant bonds in their games. And, you know, the, maybe maybe their disagreements are manifest themselves as like massive crises for us, but they're just like minor disagreements for them as the gods. That's kind of what this feels like and the manifestation of that. And how do you deal with a situation like that where the you're so small to the other to the party wronging you that really your existence doesn't may not even matter to them. But it but their actions matter a great deal to you. So I think there's a few places we can go with that that would be intriguing. I um I wish we'd got some more time on this topic. Um and... Yeah, it, it's. I, I but I I think you're right there. It it sets a a sense of scale here that I wasn't. I don't know that I fully grasped it in the previous uh. In in the previous episodes, like I I definitely know, like we know that yeah this is a very big like black hole ish or wormhole something or other device, mm-hmm. but I, I still kind of felt like well but it, maybe it's just that they have like this is like their version of warp drive or something, or like they're trying to like come to our galaxy from the outside or, but like fundamentally mm-hmm. they might be like us, uh, which is a, how a lot of Star Trek alien cultures are is like, yeah, they're, uh, they're also humanoid and maybe they like uh, paint their faces in one on one side or, or on yeah. the other side type stuff like that. But there's, there's a common ground that we can find. And your your point kind of brings us to like maybe there's not gonna be or a common ground is gonna be really difficult here because these people are on such a completely different scale that it's sort of like how how do I have how do I feel about my relationship with the ants that are in my backyard and uh, I mean I I like ants they're they're interesting but I'm also not gonna feel too bad about like putting down some ant traps if I have them infesting my kitchen right and right. And it's it's a kind of thing like the the Federation may be on that scale difference uh, with this culture, and that and that is a very interesting problem to have, and definitely uh, gives good arguments for like, no, 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 we do not want to be noticed by these people in the wrong way. We yeah. we want we want ourselves to be uh, to have something that is uh, <laughs> not encouraging their aggression at the very least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. This is like, it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with it. And 
the stakes of like, oh, but then if we try to blow up their device, it might really make them very angry. I get it. I find that a little less compelling, I guess. Um, hmm. Or at least the way it's positioned, it just didn't seem like a very like... <laughs> I mean, setting off the isolinear device is high stakes in itself that you would like cause all that subspace damage. It's like a banned mm. weapon. It seems serious enough that we didn't need, oh, but then it'll also... So, but yeah. hey, I'll take it. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I guess it, it's... Uh, we've actually almost set them up as like, they seem like they might be so powerful that maybe an isolytic explosion would not cause them that much of a problem. They'd be like, oh, they broke our mining our mining drill. Let me go build a new one uh, and I'll repair subspace at the same time. But uh, it's... So it, it, I guess it'll be interesting to see uh, how that is handled um, and kind of what, what they end up being. I... Um, we had a, a bit of a suggestion that there is something that is containing a massive power source, which points to Rontarka is probably right that there's something there. Do you do you think that this is just a hypergiant star? Is that is that as as simple? Is it as simple as that? Dyson sphere, right? Yeah, it, it, it's that's what it seems to me. Uh, I I mean, I guess we it seemed like. It, it felt a little bit weird because uh, the way they talked about this thing, they never said mm-hmm. Dyson Sphere, and we've right. had Dyson Spheres in Star Trek before, so it seems like a, it's not so astounding that someone would have created a Dyson Sphere, uh, but we seem very much more freaked out about this one than the other one. Right, and yeah, I mean, I, I think there are, again, interesting places that this could go based on what they what they do with it. So I, I just hope that they, they make that happen because <laughs> and we, we don't go back to a casino with these space aliens and, you know, try like a poker game to decide the fate of the galaxy or whatever. Like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, that, that's what I come back to is that there's a lot of potential here, but I just don't want to see them squander it. Yeah, but, well, and, and I get, I'm, I'm guessing that since Q is already in Picard season two and we also made the explicit reference that the Q continuum hasn't had contact for quite a while that it's it's probably not going to end the season with John Delancey putting humanity on trial again <laughs> uh, to sort of resolve this dispute between us and Species 10C. But I, yeah. I, I suppose we'll, we'll see. Um, so I guess uh, something else that that's still tied to that uh, sort of this, this overarching mission of like, uh-oh, what do we do about uh, Book and Tarka kind of going rogue is... Uh, how did you feel about that? The the pitch for uh, sort of the, these competing competing expectations of Burnham. Uh, do you think that the the president was right to try to not want to involve her at all in the pursuit of book? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I mean, like I think that that's a call that you can go back either way. Like it's it's like Captain Picard needs to be sent to the neutral zone and not to the board. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's the same thing. And you can go either way, right? Like, it's... You can say, like, no one knows him better than her. Mm-hmm. And the president... Relic doesn't know Burnham. Like, they don't trust each other implicitly, right? Yeah. Um. At the same time, it felt like we regressed a little bit from Relic and Burnham on Navarre, where they were, like, trusting each other and talking like they knew each other. And suddenly she was back to lecturing at Burnham. So this is another place where I feel like the writing is really kind of frenetic and we're not getting 
after that moment, you'd expect the two of them to have a rapport and to be real, which is why I was happy that Burnham didn't, like, um, take the bait or, like, be melodramatic. She just accepts it and moves on. And that I liked. Um, yes. Yeah, it, it, but Burnham does seem to be uh, sort of accepting, like, her her role in all of these things a little bit right. better. Uh, the, so, yeah, it, I, I, I think I also appreciate not not spending too much extra time on, like, the drama of that uh, because it, I, I don't know that it's necessary to like pull through the entire season. Uh, just like I, I, at the beginning, I was I, I got very tired of the prospect of like, is this evil president? And we're just going to be like, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, like suspicious of her the entire time. But then it'll t- I, I don't know. Uh, so I, I, I feel good that we've resolved parts of that. But I, I think I agree with you that there's a little bit of messiness going on. That uh, it's a, it's a bit confusing to chart their relationship through all of these episodes it, it would be i keep i just keep coming back to i i want these people to seem like they're real and they just keep doing things or saying things or behaving in a way that they're in a movie like it feels mm. like they're characters and not real people if that makes yeah. sense yeah it, it, which i guess sort of gets into the like the, some of the casino scene is like uh Sonequa, the actor knows how to do the comedy bits and it is like, oh, I'm at a casino scene, so I'm going to do comedy bits right now. And but but not as much like I, I I've always felt a little bit confused when I see Burnham go and do those things uh, because it's it's sort of the I, I I'm a little bit confused about the background and like how all these things sort of connect together. But I, um, I, on, on just on, on a similar note, you know, you had that Stamets and Culber scene where the two of them are very serious with one another. Mm-hmm. And that was the scene in this in this episode where I was like, okay, these people would behave this way. Like, this makes yes. sense. But again, I think about how in TNG or whatever, this might, that Culber would get his own episode to actually delve into it. And so I, I feel like we got a very superficial look. And yeah. it was frustrating because it was one of the more compelling parts of this episode. And it was just kind of hanging there for one scene, and then it was gone. Yeah, like we, we've had we've had little snippets of that, and and I think if you sort of look over this entire season, we probably can assemble like the data's day for Culber uh, out of like all of the different scenes. But I I think you're you're right that the, it it maybe it's less satisfying to kind of like dribble it out uh, this way because it, it's uh, I I I think I'm I'm in agreement with you that I I that was one of my that that was one of the scenes where I was more interested because it like we've we've set it up well, and they, I don't know, I I still really do appreciate how Discovery has been approaching like uh, the ideas of like therapy and also like and and empathy and how how do we relate to one another and and deal with our emotions and all of that stuff and it's uh so I'm I'm liking us having that um like bringing that back into into this episode. And so it's I I guess it, it's it's interesting to see where this goes, but I I appreciate seeing um Culber's perspective on on all of this because I what I, I really wasn't ex, I wasn't I didn't expect Culver Culber to blame himself for book. And I thought that was a very interesting yes. uh way to connect this to the larger narrative. Yeah, I did like that. I thought it was, um, I thought it was smart of the writers to to kind of give us that. Um, 
And I'm interested to see where it goes. And I'm hoping... And I think that's my struggle in some ways is that, like, I can't tell you what I would do in this situation. So it sometimes feels wrong for me to be like, we should get something more. But, like, at the same time, I can't let that go. I feel like there was there was something more we could do here with, with Culber. Like, one scene with Govich, one scene here with Stamets. There's there's more there there's 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 a compelling story to show on television that involves that and i think that goes back to something a little bit bigger for me which is i don't know i still don't really understand what we're doing here with this season like what is the point of all of this like what is what are we driving towards and so let me let me think about it in terms of other series like with prodigy you know we have the sense of wonder we're discovering the backstory of these characters were establishing mm-hmm. the show. Um, and I don't know what we're doing. Like, what's the point of discovery right now? Is it to give us these guess this kind of cinematic feel? Is it to, yeah. is it to um, give us an action thriller? Is it to have deep character moments? Is it to learn lessons? Is it a morality tale, for example, in that way? Like, what yeah. is what, what's going on? Like, are we are we establishing lore for other shows to pick up? Like, I don't, I don't get what the overriding theme is, and which is why this episode I think frustrated me because it just added to that sense of confusion because of it it was all over the place within itself, and then mm-hmm. how it fits into the larger picture of Discovery season four is utterly confusing to me. Yeah, it's and I guess I haven't thought about Discovery's role in the larger, like Star Trek pantheon, quite quite so much uh, before. So I, I think that that's an interesting way of thinking about it because I, I guess if I'm, uh, maybe in the future if we do get this uh, Starfleet Academy show and it is mm-hmm. like starring Mary Wiseman and is set in the thirty second century and whatnot, then I can see that yeah, Discovery is part of it's like laying the groundwork for future shows. It's like more, more lore that we can build on, uh, uh, elsewhere, but like kind of so far, it feels like discovery is much more referencing lore that's in other shows and exploring it a little bit more, but we're not going to worry too much about connecting it in other series, which, and I guess that that's a disadvantage to us going a thousand years into the future is that now it's, like Picard can't reference things that that Michael Burnham is doing, and uh, the same with I, lower decks might be able to do it uh, mm-hmm. through sort of a uh, having like a someone accidentally goes into the future and then comes back and t- says something about like casinos or whatever. Like that that is a thing that can happen, but that's that's sort of the limit of uh, how Discovery can serve as like a bedrock for other shows at the moment, at least. Right, um, right. And I think I think since you brought up Lower Decks, the point of Lower Decks is to have non-sequiturs that make us laugh, right? So when they go yeah. frenetic with its pacing, the tone changes all over the place, you're like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. And so I think, yeah, and I think you're you're right, though. Like, where in the ecosystem is Discovery setting itself up? And I just, I still don't, I'm not sure. I, um, I hope they figure it out. Um, I really thought that this was going to be the diplomacy show, right? Like this was going to be yeah. the show where we learn about how the Federation comes together. It's about the big picture. I talked about this earlier. That they were going to get a big scale. It's going to be a lore dump. Um, maybe there's some deeper questions of that, of how you confront 
um, tough questions of diplomacy in a world-ending situation. Yeah, or or even like a. I think there are like satisfying ways to since the show is kind of at the end of the Star Trek universe as far as we know, uh, like we could wrap up storylines that were sort of dropped in previous series and sort of let us yeah. know like what happened with this culture. So what we, we've gotten some of those satisfying answers is like uh unification part three, like uh, Navarre is the result of the right. Vulcans and the Romulans coming together and sort of like what happens from that. And uh, I, I think that this show, if it feeds into that, like that's, I think that that would be a fine purpose for discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I get the sense of the, at least, especially season three and season four, there's a lot more emotion in this show than before. And there's a, a lot more feeling like, uh, not, not just like the emotionality, but like uh, that it, it, like, it feels like Star Trek is, is letting us know like, Hey, you should have like a, a normal approach to your work. Like just do 40 hours or something and like take vacation time. And, Uh, treat yourself and also like go to a therapist and like love your family and friends like those are things that that happen and then and then it's kind of like a and we need to come together when there's other stuff going on and like so i I can sense there is a purpose sort of stuck in there somewhere but it it feels like they lose the thread a little bit but what you're describing right there is madman right like madman does Mm. not have an overriding plot like what happens to the company what happens to even what happens to a lot of their characters is kind of pointless. And there are a lot of things that they just yeah. never resolve. Like they just don't tell us what happens to some characters at the end of the show because they don't care. It's about how human beings behave in situations and we get to see human reactions. So it's not really about yeah. the plot itself. Like, and that that's what we could do with Culber, right? Like it, it really could be very pointless what happens with the DMA as long as we get a deep dive into Culber's psyche and like understand mm-hmm. what it's like. Or maybe we look at the like family unit that... Stamets and Culber and Adira and Gray are putting together like maybe it's about that aspect of things so it becomes basically a slice of life character study but instead we're getting a little bit of that a world ending action thriller scene with some slapstick with some um international diplomacy and there's just so much happening that I don't think it's... Maybe it's the fact that it's just 10 episodes. Maybe they need, like, a 20-episode season to make this work. And... Hmm. I mean, it's like The Mandalorian, right? Like, what is The Mandalorian about? Like, can you can you describe The Mandalorian to me? I have never seen The Mandalorian, so I think what The Mandalorian is about is... Wouldn't it be cool if we had people that looked like that Boba Fett dude? He had badass armor. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I think the Mandalorian is about. Uh, I will. I'm, it's, it's, I'm about to finish uh, watching all the Marvel shows that are on Disney okay. Plus, and Star Wars is next for me. So okay. in in three weeks, I'll have a better answer for you. <laughs> at, le- at least you are like the Mandalorian is a merchandise grab, which would, I would accept that. I would. Accept that. Um, no, no, no. So the, so the Mandalorian is about a father son relationship between Mando and Grogu, the baby Yoda. Like that's what hmm. it's about, and. Everything that does not play into that is kind of pointless. There are characters who come in and out of the show. There is some like international big picture stuff happening, you know, with the the the, the rebels and the the remainder of the empire or whatever. Like there's there's some of that stuff like kind of churning in the background, but it mm-hmm. really doesn't matter because the show is so focused on this lone gunman like Clint Eastwood type character mm-hmm. and his relationship to this child. 
And that focus is, I think, what we got in Prodigy again, where it's it's focused yes. on the crew coming together, and it's got this theme, and it sticks to it, and it doesn't veer off into stuff that isn't relevant to that. Yeah, you don't, and, and you don't you get an entire episode of Rock Dog studying, you know, like yeah, it, it and 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 so far, I mean, it's. It's also like it's hard to judge the show when it's it's only halfway through its first season, but I can see each of the the choices that they're making in the writing and and think about like okay, the overarching purpose is like our audience does not know anything about Star Trek, and also their kids, but we should be able to introduce like everybody to Star Trek, and so like what's the best way to introduce people to Star Trek? Assume zero knowledge of Star Trek, and so like yeah, we need to start not in the Federation. We need to mm-hmm. uh, reference other shows, but in a way that like makes me want to to go watch them and like find out what this character is. So like let's let's chop it up into tiny pieces and get things that we really like. Like if you like seeing uh, Captain Janeway like talk to the kids and like have that kind of relationship, you will get that from Voyager. And then mm-hmm. if you if you like some of these like lore bits of of, of whatever happening like. There's a lot of Star Trek that you can go out and, mm-hmm. and watch to, to find that. And, like, in the second half of the season, it seems like we're going to get a little bit of introduction to the Federation, but mostly uh, as kind of that chase scene type situation of, like, we, we can learn a little bit about them. We can't get too close because we'll end them. And, yeah. like, all of those things, they, they go really well into slowly introducing us to Star Trek. And maybe they'll lose the plot in season two and three because th- then they'll be like, uh, like, how, how do I keep doing this? But I feel like there's like there will be a way to like, OK, and now we're going to be in the Klingon Empire and we're going to like slowly introduce you to that. And now we're going to go see what the Romulans are up to. And then and like you can yeah. probably do se- seasons of that. But um, yeah, it, it, I, I think you're right that, that there's a bit of a um, Discovery had the burden of being the first star trek that was on television in over a decade and it's and and now it's uh having to figure out like where does it fit into this world where there's now like five star treks all at the same time uh yeah. and that, i mean maybe that's too much to expect and maybe maybe okay so here's my proposal for maybe what the writers on discovery are going for and this is just i'm I'm making this up based on just my own theories I, I can't point to any interviews or whatever but maybe this is just the michael burnham show right like maybe it's all about burnham mm-hmm. in which case they've kind of messed that up by actually focusing on anyone else at all like all the stuff about saru all the stuff about culber all the stuff that's happening in the background mm. Is not good. And I, I don't know that I would like, I would want this to be a Michael Burnham show. I don't know if I wanted that in my Star Trek, like a, a single character show, um, which to me, I was afraid that was what Picard was going to be. And I'm really glad that it's an ensemble show, Picard, that it has yeah. like Seven of Nine and, and Rios and all these other characters that are very compelling. And, and it's it's about that ensemble. But maybe that's the problem here is that this show was supposed to be a Burnham show, which is why we have Burnham. The, the compelling plot elements always involve Burnham's relationships. Burnham taking discovery. Mm-hmm. Burnham becoming captain. Like it's it's always about that. But in that sense, we're in this kind of weird middle ground now, where we're not just focusing on Burnham and we're allowing other characters to take center stage, and that just doesn't work because again, you're lo- you're losing that focus. So so maybe that's the issue here. Yeah. That that, that, is, that is that is an interesting because I yeah you can you can imagine a 
and maybe we could have even gone a lot of the places that we that we'd still go in discovery but a, like a restructuring of this to be just like explicitly the burnham show there might have been ways to if the show is like very honest about like that's what its purpose is uh that maybe even some of the feelings where we've had like well, why is burnham in this scene or like why is burnham the one to solve this if the show was like explicitly that there would be maybe less opportunity for us to question like wait why is burnham also here like i don't get it and, and the problem with that approach, though, is that I, I, I know I probably wouldn't appreciate that show. Cause, and the reason is because this is Star Trek. It's not Star Wars. It's not mm. a different yeah. franchise. It's like if Miller, uh, the Miller Brewing Company, Tomorrow, came out with a cookie. You, you think, like, what? A Miller cookie? Like, that doesn't make sense in terms of the brand. Everything I know mm-hmm. about Miller is beer from Milwaukee. And if you're making, like... Uh, a cookie like it just doesn't fit and that's the problem star trek has always been ensemble shows with uh, a panoply of characters coming together to do these interesting things and uh, which you know we've talked about how it's been about wonder it's it's been it mm-hmm. has had those all. it's never been about just one character as much as william shatner would have hoped it was right yeah yeah and so I don't think a single character focused show fits in this universe in terms of what we expect from it, unless you're able to position it as a brand very carefully, which they didn't with Discovery. Again, Discovery's position was fucked up from the beginning because of all their showrunner issues and like how many changes <laughs> that the show went through. Mm-hmm. So, but again, if, if this is what they were doing as a single character show, which again, I mean, some of the things I'm using to point to that are what you said, Adam, where we've been like, why is Burnham doing all these things? But also like in, in the intro now, it's her face. You know, they talk about how it is always the plan for her to become captain. Those mm-hmm. are something that I'm, things that I think about, those are reasons maybe why this was an issue. In which case, honestly, the their best move, in my opinion now, is just to abandon all this other stuff. I, think, I don't think they can do it, but like, Maybe yeah. send Burnham even just alone 300 years in the future. And like, let's actually get the Burnham show, right? Like, let's yeah, actually... we, we could have we, we could have even had that. At, uh, but it, we, we chose instead to do, to let that be in a book. Yes, and, yes. Yeah. All of us. And all of us were like, wow, this was really good lore. It's so cool watching Burnham try to survive. Like, we could have, we could have enjoyed that. Sonequa Martin-Green could have shined on her own. Mm-hmm. But that's not the direction we went. And so... Yeah. Which, which, which that that reminds me. I'm I I just started uh, reading the first of the Picard books, and uh, it I'm I'm getting a similar feeling of like, wait, the show was actually a pitch for a better show that I would rather have watched. <laughs> which in this case is like, what does Picard do in order to uh, uh, figure out how to deal with the Romulan supernova? Like. How, what does, what is, what needs to happen in Starfleet to, like, make this be a thing? And, like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, wait, I want to watch that show. (laughs) Yeah. And and I'm less interested in that than the, like, what if there's, like, these random alien, or these random androids that then, like, have a flower thing, and then also, uh, we, we know you just watched, uh, season two of, of Discovery, but the machines are back, they're gonna kill us again, for real this time. Um, Um... (laughs) <laughs> yeah no i agree and so let's let's see what the second season of picard is and I, I just i hope star trek is able to get a little bit more discipline in its writing and yeah is able to we, I mean, we know they can give me hope yeah and, yes. and maybe yes. maybe it's just because they need to hire nickelodeon writers or something like wh- whatever it is whatever the magic has happened <laughs> with prodigy it's proven yeah. me to that it is it is possible 
Uh, so I, I'm excited to see that. Um, I think uh, maybe maybe this is a, a decent time for us to just kind of uh, uh, wrap things up a little bit here. Um, I want to mention there's a, a bit of trivia in here. We had a had a mention of uh, of Armis. Uh, I think it was just Haas saying "Don't be an Armis," which is, I mean, if you're going to reference something, great. Okay, uh, but it it led to me. Uh, I made a delightful discovery, which is. Uh, if you look up Armis on uh, Memory Alpha, <laughs> the first picture is uh, the lower decks Armis and not <laughs> the Armis from uh, when when Armis killed uh, uh, Tashi. That's really funny. So I, I thought that was delightful. That's really funny. Uh, you you have anything else you want to uh, mention before we wrap things up and go to the ratings? Um, just that I really want Discovery to work. I want to turn on Discovery one day and just love it. It's when it's at its best, I really enjoy it. Um, yeah. I really just want them to figure out their shit so that we get a fantastic, you know, post-burn Star Trek. It's a compelling premise, and I really want them to succeed. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, I'll just I'll just leave it at that, because every time I, I, I come in with all of this criticism, I feel somewhat... I feel somewhat self-conscious about just ragging on the show because I also defend it, you know, online. I'm like, you know, you, you, you got to allow them the chance to do what they can. It's not just you can't hate it for existing. I don't hate Discovery for existing. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I, I think it, that some of some of my favorite episodes of Star Trek are in Discovery. And like some of my favorite like themes that we've hit on, like have happened here. It's just sort of the the it's 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 just in such a mixed bag uh often that i'm uh it it it, it leaves me in situations like the episode that we're currently talking about yeah yeah so i'll just leave it at that i'm okay one, one other one other quick note i looked at the imdb ratings for different shows and it seems like you know picard prodigy and even season three of discovery are all kind of hovering around sevens Prodigy actually has one, mm-hmm. I think, that some are, several that are in eights, and like their last episode was an eight point nine, just for context. That was two oh, weeks wow. ago, right? So, um, Discovery season four's ratings are all at fives, and there's some of that is you know the new Trek haters who go on there and rate it low, but again, that's two points lower than yeah. most of this previous season, and I don't think it's all because of that. And I I hope yeah. I hope there's someone in the production office taking note of that and taking note of all of the, the, the wonderful costs that they have and what the, you know, the lore that they've built and saying, we need to step our game up. Um, oh, absolutely. Because we've, we've also mentioned that before, like the, the cast of Discovery, like every one of these people is an incredible actor and also hot as hell. So like the, you should be able to do something with that. And I mean, this is probably <laughs> the way that people used to talk about Voyager, right? Like back in the day, they were always like Voyager needs to step it up they have a talented mm. cast they're not quite there you know like it's a, so there are some eerie reminiscences i guess of how people were talking about my favorite star trek um yeah that i i yeah the way the way you just said that yeah i can i can see the parallels so, there uh and 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 i i could see like if i had grown up with discovery i might have a very different feel about it uh than than what we have now is like our our jaded. I, neither of us is on the like hating everything that's new Trek no. uh, crew or whatever. But it, it's I, we're we're both uh, we're struggling a little bit because there, there's so much that we love about Star Trek that is like we know what it can be. We're not uh, mad. We're just disappointed. Yeah, 
right? <laughs> and doesn't that hurt that much right? more? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so let's let's go into ratings. I'll I'll, I'll just. Uh, I think this this whole whole episode. I I think that uh, we've made our ratings pretty clear. Um, I'm gonna. I I think I'm still gonna give this one a. Mm, no, I'm struggling a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you how, want me to how, go first? Mm, yeah, you, you go first. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give this one a, and and the the reason I'm doing this, I gave the 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 first episode of the season a four, and I remember really <clears> just <throat> hating that one. This one's a four point five for me. Uh, I don't think it was quite as bad. Mm. I think there were some redeeming moments, but at the same time, I just think it did not, it didn't work for me. So I can't, I, I don't want to go above a five. Uh, are you looking at the rating sheet and can you tell me what my rating was? For <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I think that's a compelling argument. Uh, I, um, yeah, for, for me, I, I, I think a, I think I'll give this one a five. Um, because I, I think that there were, there were useful things that we learned here. Right. We had some good connective tissue to the rest of the season su- such that I can imagine that that episode nine just like doesn't reference this episode at all. And instead it's just like, oh, well now they have the isolinium and we just kind of <laughs> leave it at that. Um, so I, I can see a way to repairing the season by just omitting this episode and, um, yeah, mm-hmm. but the the rest of it was just like it was I, I I didn't need to watch a lot of this, uh, and I, I don't know that I need to uh, review it again. Besides, like, uh, yeah, I liked that scene with Stamets and Culver. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, with that, uh, I think it's ready for, us, for time for us to go into the end credits. Uh, I thank you, Notch, for uh. uh Slugging through this, uh, slugging through this thing with me. Yeah, thank you, Adam, <laughs> uh, for always being there when I need to share and not being like, "Notch, shut up, man! <laughs> You're dragging the mood <laughs> down, buddy." We are both dragging the mood down. So I, I want to thank our co, our other, well, yeah, the people who also co-host this uh, podcast with us: Emily, Max, Dinah. Bill Rudy, uh, <laughs> you got it, buddy. You got them all. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there we go. Uh, it's it it's it's it is much harder to remember absolutely everybody. <laughs> There's only two of us right here. So uh, we hope you all join us next time uh, to uh, talk about the next episode, which is going to be rated a nine because it's going to be a Hell great yeah. episode. Uh, so yeah, and I want to thank you listeners, uh, for, uh, sticking with us. And, uh, uh, also we would love to hear your opinions about this episode and others and just kind of, yeah, just let us know how it's going. Uh, what's the weather like (laughs) by you? Well, any, any of those kinds of, uh, things we're, we're all about, uh, talking with you. So uh, I also want to give a thanks to Jishnu Guha for our theme music. I just can't get enough of that Klingon uh, theme song. It was a fabulous uh, part of the uh, the motionless picture uh, back when it was created. And I just, uh, I, I think it would be great to just keep it going on in the future. Uh, so, yeah. And I, at the very end, I want to give a special thanks to The Last Jedi for also having a casino scene that I wasn't interested <laughs> in. Thanks, everybody. 
Bye. Bye.